so many things to love about Christmas. Huh? It's, probably, it's probably those things that you love and enjoy about Christmas that make you wish. Do you ever wish it was Christmas every day? Have you heard those words? One of, one of those things I want to focus on tonight that I think is one of those things that we love about Christmas, and that is wonder. The Christmas time swirls with wonder, doesn't it? It's, it is the things that um, make our eyes go wide, that cause our mouths to drop. It's, it's, it's when you know that that sense of, of awe and amazement, maybe shock, excitement, that, that feeling when you know you're in the presence of something extraordinary. It's, it's every Christmas movie that wishes for a Christmas miracle, for the white Christmas, for the loved one to come home. It's, it's every movie that takes us to the North Pole or that takes us on that sleigh ride being pulled by reindeer. It's It's wonder. Well, wonder wove itself. Oh, and then there's this song, right? It is the most wonderful time of the year. That's what I wanted to look at and focus on this evening with you. And I, and I want to do it, though, from a little bit of a different perspective. And, and, and that is, wonder, wonder wove itself through the first Christmas as well. And, and, and what I want to do is I actually want to take you 15 months before the birth of Christ. 15 months before Jesus was born, an angel named Gabriel actually visited a priest named Zechariah. And he said to Zechariah, Zechariah, your wife Elizabeth is going to bear a son. Now there were two amazing, wonderful things about this announcement. Number one is that this son was to be the forerunner. We read this. It says, The angel said you were to give him the name John, and he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It was a prophecy from the Old Testament saying, I'm going to send this forerunner who's going to prepare the hearts of Israel for the coming of the Messiah. And so that was pretty awesome. The other awesome thing, kind of amazing and wonderful, is that Elizabeth was old. Uh, she was probably in her 70s or 80s and had never been able to conceive children, even when she was young. And so this was the announcement that Gabriel brought to Zechariah. Now you may think, Zechariah thought that was pretty wonderful. You may think Zechariah is the one thinking, oh, that's really amazing. But actually it's not. Luke, Luke tells us, actually Luke, Luke tells us Zechariah wasn't filled with wonder at all. He was gripped with dread and filled with doubt. Now, we might look on it from the hindsight and think, wow, that's really an amazing, wonderful thing that this 70, 80-year-old woman who's been unable to conceive is going to have a child. But I actually think the sense of wonder that was in that moment was probably felt by Gabriel. Let me, let me explain. There, there are passages in Scripture, uh, Ephesians 3, Hebrews 1, 
Hebrews 11, Daniel 9, 1 Peter 1, that strongly suggest the angels are watching human history unfold. From the very beginning, they've been there watching everything. And so, and so they, they know that this is an amazing moment in history. Here's the thing, though. Angels are not all-knowing. They learn the same way you learn and I learn, which is through experience, through observation, and through being taught. Here's, here's what the angels knew. The angels knew, having watched decades and centuries of millennia of human history, they knew mankind was under the power of sin and death. That's what they knew. They watched it unfold generation after generation after generation. Wars, greed, all these things, fear, hatred. They knew all humanity was under the influence and power of sin and death. The angels knew there was nothing any person can do to get out from under that power. Oh, they watched humanity try. They watched men create religions and philosophy and do all kinds of things to overcome sin and death. But it's still with us today. But the angels knew that only God could rescue mankind from the power of sin and death. And they knew that God had promised a savior. God was going to rescue mankind. That's what they knew. They knew there was going to be a Messiah, one who was going to bring man out from under sin and death and rescue them. That's what they knew. They didn't know how, and they didn't know when, until Gabriel was sent to Zechariah. Gabriel's announcement to Zechariah was the start of the fulfillment of the promises of God to send a Savior. How exciting was that for Gabriel? And on top of it, it's going to be to Elizabeth? That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. Wonder. So six months later, Gabriel uh, visits another person, as you know, a young girl engaged to be married by the name of Mary. And we read this. Gabriel says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And we read, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, Mary was wondering, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, well, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then he says this to her, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. 
Now, I, I, I picture the angels at this point are on the edge of their seat. I mean, they're watching this unfold, and they're saying, wait, so the forerunner is going to be to the 70-year-old woman, and, and, and now the Messiah is going to be born to a virgin, and they're related? This is getting good. <laughs> right? They're watching, and, and it's possible Mary's amazement may have been to the announcement that she was going to conceive without a husband, but I wonder if her first sort of sense of wonder is about Elizabeth. I mean, substitute someone you know in their 70s. I mean, if someone calls me up and says, Michael, did you hear? Your mom is in her sixth months of pregnancy. Now, I'm not going to tell you my mom's age, but I'm 50. (laughs) I'm shocked. I'm concerned. (laughs) I'm amazed. I'm probably on the phone, if not on a plane, if it wasn't canceled, going down to see my mom. And that's what we find with Mary. We read that Mary arose and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. How wondrous is that on both ends? I mean, I imagine Mary's, again, shocked to see, wow, the angel was right. You're, you're pregnant. You're showing. But Mary's not. Mary's probably a week or two into her pregnancy, and I get the feeling she probably told no one at this point. And so she comes in and greets Mary or greets Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says, girl, you're pregnant. <laughs> and you're pregnant with my Lord. I can only imagine Mary feeling that sense of wonder and amazement. How in the world did you know that? How could you possibly know that? And I love thinking about this. The grace of God in this situation that he would have cousins, relatives, there to support each other in probably a really difficult time for both of them. Isn't that cool? I love that aspect of this. Now, I I, I picture that there's a renewed buzz among the angels. Uh, Word about Mary and Elizabeth has gone viral, and and, and they are, it's it's the talk among the angels, and they're, they're now seeing with new eyes these prophecies that they've seen and heard from the prophets that are in the scriptures. Things like Isaiah 7.14. That says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. 
Now, I also imagine maybe there was a little bit of debate as well among the angels. Uh, uh, Some things are making sense, but some things are not. For example, it's clear in the prophet Micah that that the ruler over Israel, the one who was from old, was to be the savior born in Bethlehem. And Mary and Joseph live 70 miles north in a little town called Nazareth. It's all right. Mary's early. She's she's in her third month. God's going to work this out. But they're studying scripture. Maybe we have it wrong. But then the fifth month, sixth month, seventh, eighth month, they're still in, what in the world? They're still in Nazareth. What is going on? We thought it was supposed to be Bethlehem. Isn't this supposed to be Bethlehem? And then news comes to the angels. Did you hear? Caesar Augustus decreed everyone has to go back home to register for the census. Joseph's not too keen on it because Mary, his wife, could give birth any day. Any day now she could give birth, but they have no choice but go back to his hometown of Bethlehem. Can you imagine the angels being like, ah, that's cool. (laughs) They're they're high-fiving, they're wing-slapping, whatever it is angels do to celebrate and they're beside themselves with wonder and so i understand i get it on that morning that first christmas morning when the savior is born as they've been watching the events unfold the joy and wonder the angels must have felt and why when they're given permission or they're told oh, we don't know what the case is but they're they go to share the news with the shepherds We don't find one angel. We don't even find a host of angels. You know how Luke describes it? We find a multitude of hosts of angels. That's thousands upon thousands of angels. Now, we don't know what this looks like. Uh, There are lots of artist renderings as to what this moment in history when these angels reveal themselves to the the shepherds. It's very typically kind of like this, the the angel choir. Like they had auditions and rehearsals and, and they just like stood there on risers as they all sang. But I wonder maybe, just maybe, and I kind of prefer, maybe it was more like a victory at a sporting event where they again are high-fiving and hugging and they are cheering and they are yelling and the joy is overflowing from the angels. And if that's maybe not what the, the shepherds saw, I like that image. As you know, the wonder of the Christmas season, the shepherds had to be in wonder. It seems to be that way. As we read, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. And that they found the baby in the manger in swaddling clothes just as the angel had told them. And it says they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it were in wonder at what the shepherds told them. As you know, the the wonder of the Christmas season, it fades. Things will get packed up. The lights will be turned off, no more gifts until your birthday. But in Christ, 
the wonder never fades. And, and, and if you're one of those who, who looks at Christmas and you say to yourself, I wish Christmas would last every day. I wish the wonder were felt every day of the year. Let me tell you, it can and it does in Christ. L- listen, God saw mankind under the power of sin and death. There is nothing any man, person, woman can do to come out from under it. Look, all the sincerity and effort in the world does not overcome death. Likewise, all the sincerity and effort in the world does not overcome sin. You can't do it. In fact, God doesn't even want you to do it because you would boast about it. It's in our very nature to sin. So you know what he did? That baby born that we're celebrating tonight and tomorrow is God who became man. God, I love that last, stepped into time. God stepped into humanity and became a man. And he lived a life full of grace and truth, perfectly sinless. And he went a step further And he was willingly suffered and died on a cross. You know why he did that? To pay the penalty for your sin. That's what he did there. And he offers salvation and forgiveness as a free gift to anyone who would receive it. It, it's, It's as if you owed trillions of dollars to somebody and some rich person came along and signed you a check and said, I can pay for that. It's yours if you want it. Christ's death on the cross paid the penalty for sin, and he offers it freely to anyone and says, all you got to do is receive it, and it's yours. That's the wonder of Christmas, that God became the Savior. And, And the wonder continues because that act overcame the power of sin, and when Christ rose again, he overcame the power of death. There is no victory in death for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why we read in Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. In Christ, the wonder of Christmas is every day, isn't it? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time of year that we can celebrate and we give our focus to your amazing gift, your willingness to step into time and space and to become man on our behalf. Father God, we praise you. We're in wonder of all that you do. And and as we pray here this evening, I, I do want to pause and give you an opportunity to receive this free gift. And you, you could speak to God just in the quiet of your own heart and let him know that you, you understand that we are under the power of sin and death. You, me, we are all sinners. And you can very simply say, God, I'm accepting Jesus Christ and his death on the cross as the payment for my sin. And the Bible says, when you do that, you pass from death to life. 
You are fully forgiven. You are fully a child of God. You will be with him in heaven through all eternity. I'm not going to call anyone up here. We want to finish up with a song, but I would love to know if you did that this evening and you accepted Christ as your Savior and accepted his death on the cross as the payment for your sin, would you be willing just to put a hand up? I would just love to know that. Just to pray for you. Yes, praise God. I'm not be here. Yes, I see that. Thank you. You are welcome to talk with me. Maybe some other elders could come up. We pray for you. If you have questions, please come. Father, we praise God for these, this life that you just brought into this room. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. May it be to your honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.